You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. I'm Courtney. I'm Allison. And this is Courtney and Allison of the Double X Files, a podcast that is sometimes about the X Files, but today is going to be about misogyny. Yep. Oh, oh boy. boy. I did not. This one was a tough one. This friends. was a. It was a some roof stoof, if I may. It was a pull up an old phrase. It was a Scully centric episode, and we've learned to appreciate those. But when Scully is kidnapped and you know put in a misogynistic light, it's just like really gross, and I don't like it. Because it's like, why do all the stories about Scully have to be about that? I know, right? I like how. Finally, she called Mulder out on things, and it highlighted Mulder's kind of gross way that he act- interacts with the, the only female partner. And his, his very, like, specific perspective that he has and yeah. can't look outside of. And I'm glad that that is called out, but, the rest, but the rest of the episode doesn't make it any better. Like, Yeah. So um, this was uh, season four, episode 13, entitled Never Again, which is how I feel after every episode. And, <laughs> Especially after this one. Yeah. And here is the Netflix description for you. While Mulder is vacationing, Scully finds herself attracted to a handsome divorcee whose Betty Page-like tattoo seemingly has a mind of its own. So this was supposed to be, like, we were supposed to see the dark side of Scully. Yes. Why did it have to be based around her dating someone? I mean, I think, like, it had other elements than that. I know, but that was kind of this attraction between her and this murderer guy. Well, I think, like, the thing is, like, the main, I think the main tenet of the episode that's about with regards to, like, Skelly's dark side is her feeling, like, stuck in, in a circle. And she's just going around and around and around, and her personal life is, like, standing still. But I agree, like, I don't, I don't know why the exercise for that concept has to be about her, yeah, like, dating. Because this is not the only episode with her. I think there was one in season one. Yeah. Where she was dating someone who was involved in, like, X-Files stuff. Right? She? No, it was just, I think it was just some random guy that she oh, was her friend guy? set her up with. And oh. then she bailed on him because the X-Files was more important. So oh, yeah. that's kind of like a precursor to what happens in this episode. Okay, okay, okay. Let's 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 break down our predictions. Okay. Every episode we predict what the next episode is going to be. Uh usually we lowball it yeah. a lot. We've been lowballing it and that's how we've been getting a lot of points. It's true. Uh what do we win at the end of the season? Allison? Treats. Treats. Oh god, I want some treats so bad right now. Mhm. And what are we at right now? We are tied at 2 points each prior to this episode. Well, let me tell you, give you some good news. Yay. You got a half point out of this episode. I got a half point. You did predict something about this being a Scully-centric episode. Yeah. I don't know what the other one you predicted. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that it would be something from her past would come back. Mm, no. I don't think there was anything from her past. No, she mentioned her dad a little bit, but um, uh, now I have two and a half points and you have two points. Oh, boy. Things are sure heating up. Gosh, yes. And we are halfway through this season now. Officially? Officially. Wow, two points and two and a half points in. God knows what else will show up. Yep. 
I'm on the edge of my seat. Courtney's real tie-tie today. I, okay. Should we tell the listeners what we were doing last night? Yeah, okay. We were playing, uh, how do you pronounce this game? Plunk Bat. Player Unknown, uh, what is it? Player Unknown Ground? Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Yeah. I am very frightened of first-person shooters. Uh Uh-huh. So I was mm, the mother. Yeah, we were playing on a a three-person squad, me and uh, my roommate and a friend of ours. And uh, Courtney was our mother telling us where to go, what to do, what we can and cannot wear. Yep. First round, only undies and accessories. Uh Uh-huh. And we, I wanted to punch people. You guys punched a lot of people. We did do some good punching. We did get some real good punching in. Um, and then I kind of wandered off and I got bored. <laughs> yeah. So we got that idea from um, the website Polygon does uh, streams of them playing. And at one point they had Simone de Roquefort come on and, and be their mom. Oh, so, so we, wa- we wanted to give that a shot. Can we give another shout out to their new podcast? Yeah, actually. Uh, Polygon Show. Four women talking about video games? It's extremely cool and exciting. Sign me up. The first episode won my heart over because they talked about how Helix from ARMS fucks. <laughs> you know that's our jam. <laughs> it's 100% our jam. So yeah, give a, if you're into video games, that's the one to listen to. Yeah, you should go check it out. I realized that if it was four men, I would not probably listen to that no. podcast. Yeah, go check it out. Turn that off this episode. And oh, I don't. Well, actually, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know what? They've already downloaded it. We get the numbers. We, <laughs> okay. We don't know if it... You're a little greedy number pig. <laughs> Excuse me? I am a little piggy. <laughs> They've downloaded it. I don't care. Oh, I don't boy. care how much they listen to it. Okay, let's get going. Let's talk about this dumb, bad episode. <laughs> Punk, wait, are we at the, no, we're at the the guy getting divorced. Yeah, so it opens, we're in Philadelphia, there is a court in session, it is neither a night court nor a court of Judge Judy. So I don't give a shit. Yep. (laughs) And someone's getting divorced. Yeah, there's a guy getting divorced, a dissolution of marriage is occurring. Now, I do want to point out the woman is very pleased and very happy. Yes. And the guy does not look so great. Meaning it was probably pro- a pretty shitty relationship for her. Yeah. And he was dead weight. And if she looks super, super happy to be getting away from him. he This man also shows, like, anger tendencies, so I can understand. Like, he's a really shitty guy. Yeah, he's the worst. So he is upset, so he decides to go get drunk at a bar called The Hateful Eight. Uh, no. The Hard Eight. Hard Eight Salute. Hard Eight Lounge. Yeah. And. And you thought it bar. was called Hard Fight. I thought it was called Hard Fight. <laughs> you go in there, you drink a couple bourbons, and you just get a hard fight on. Can I say this place looks fucking bumping, though? Yeah. It had Pung by the Pretenders, Tattooed Love Boys. Nice. Down, down, down. Do, 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 do. Had down, someone down, with, down. like, uh, with a mohawk and colored do, lights. Could you imagine? Do you think they just, like, found. They, they were searching for someone with a mohawk? Oh, yeah, probably. Or did they do someone up with a mohawk? Oh, I don't know. Well, probably they don't spend that much time on hair and makeup for the extras, no, so they probably they found someone. In. I had a mohawk once mm-hmm. for one of my acts. People look at you differently. Really? Yeah, for sure. But it felt good. <laughs> like, it felt powerful. I'm like, yeah, fuck the man. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, Yeah, one of my high school boyfriends used to have a mohawk, and he would use uh, Elmer's glue to keep it up. That really? Was the, that's how the punks do it. I had no idea. <laughs> What? I had no idea you had a boyfriend that had a mohawk. Yeah. In the 90s. <laughs> well, I think it was the 2000s at that oh, point. Was it? Yeah. Well, was it a ska thing? It was both a ska and punk thing. Oh. How tall was his hawk? Uh, 
I think it's pretty tall. Yeah? Yeah. How do you sleep with it? Well, I don't know. I was not, that was not uh, part that I was interested in. I, but how did he sleep in it? Did he put, like, a little hat over well, top of it? kind of wilts by the end of the day. It does wilt. It does wilt. I only had it for a couple hours, so I didn't know. But I liked it. Oh, you maybe get that, go for a permanent look there. No. No? No. No. Okay. I'll find something else. Like the monk. Just shave a... Just a tonsure. Just a shave, shave a bald spot in the middle of my head. <laughs> like Ying Yang guy. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes to a punk bar. And he gets drunk. And then he decides to get a tattoo. Yeah, he goes across the street to a tattoo bar that is somehow open. Now, first of all, tattoo places are not supposed to serve... And do not serve people who are drunk. Yeah. Visibly. But this guy got a tattoo. Yeah. It's supposed to be in the description a Betty Page-like tattoo. It is... Honey. Oh, honey, sweetie. It's not Betty Page. <laughs> she don't have those bangs, though. Yeah. It's like kind of like Sa- Sailor Jerry-esque. Yeah. Um, now, we will. We do have to say the, the tattoo was voiced by Jodie Foster. And when that came on the screen, we got very excited. We did get very excited. Except for the words that the writers put in Jodie Foster's mouth yeah. were not very good. They were very bad words, and very, we didn't like them. Very hateful towards other women. Yeah. So... He gets this tattoo, and he's super drunk, and the tattoo was winking, and then when we go on a close-up of it, it's two eyes are open. Yes. That's the theme. That is the theme. It is 100% the theme. It's the theme of the show. We do a podcast It is. Uh-huh. 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 got it. So Ed's a loser. Yeah, Ed's the worst, actually. I don't know. Are we supposed to feel sympathetic towards him? I don't know what I'm supposed to feel. I only know what I do feel, which is blind hatred. <laughs> That's what you feel all the time, though. Yes. This, this isn't anything different. Anyway, I also feel blind hatred to Mulder. Oh, absolutely I do. Mulder is the shittiest in this episode. Oh my god, he's so shitty. Hey, remember all those articles about Mulder being super great towards women? He's bad, actually. I will just... I will just slide this across the table and just, like, have you sit down and watch this episode because he's so shitty. He's a real dingbat. Real, real. So he's... Scully is obviously... Well, I guess because she was just told she has cancer. No, I mean, the episode order was switched. Oh, was it? So she actually doesn't know that yet in this episode. Well, it kind of seemed like it, too. It did, but um, it would actually would have made sense. It would have made sense. It, it did? It, what? What? Uh, the X-Files made sense in chronological order? <laughs> what? <laughs> so she's feeling, le- she's just feeling like her life is spiraling out of control and like she's going in circles. Yeah. And I, so she she mentions some things to Mulder. Yeah. Uh, she mentions, hey, why well, don't I have a desk? Mm-hmm. Which is something she still doesn't have in the revival. Yeah. It's like, a, well, it's a very good question because they've been there for four seasons. And three Mulder, and a half at least. And Mulder kind of answers it like, Oh, well, you want me to get one down here and we can just, like, play Battleship together? We'll like, be all squished in, boo 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 I'm like, come on, dude. 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 Like, people are toting this guy as, like, a feminist ally, but they can go fuck themselves. Oh, he is a garbage can. <laughs> and he's saying, okay, i am got to go on vacation because if I don't go on vacation, they're taking the vacation pay out of my pay. So I'm taking a week of vacation. Here's Scully. Here's all the stuff I want you to do for me personally. And Scully's not so into it. And Mulder's like, oh, I worked my ass off for this. Mm-hmm. And Scully's like, I have a doctorate. He's ask- acting very much like her superior. 
Yeah. Scully is taking a, a, a an inventory of her life right yes. now. Exactly. And it's like, oh, how did I how did I end up like this? How did I get here? Yeah, so be- before we we this we see them talking to this guy at the Vietnam War Memorial. Yeah. And um she's looking down at this like roses? Yeah, there's some roses and stuff that people have put out with a little sign that says like we miss you brother. We know what you did over there was right. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, boy. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, fuck this. Yes. So she does she takes a little rose. Thing. Yeah. So it's it's kind of sprung from like I think the intention is that it's sprung from like, oh, will I Will what I do be remembered and who will remember me? Probably not. I mean, everyone's going to remember Mulder. Yeah. Because he is, you know. Leave him a little signs that, like, we miss you, brother, and we think what you did with the X-Files was right. Ooh, boy. Uh, Mulder is talking. His big case is this Russian guy? This Russian guy has audio tapes or something? Trying to buy tapes about alien stuff? (laughs) Okay, maybe we didn't listen when he talked. I don't know. I don't know. I felt like Scully, like, I don't fucking care. Who gives a shit? Where's my fucking desk? About what you are putting your time and effort into, Moeller, because I don't, because it really doesn't matter. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't. Because, like she said, they take, they're moving, not even in a circle, they're moving in a line, but it's one step forward, three steps back. Yeah. Okay, aliens, right? And then it's like, okay, not aliens. We don't have any, any evidence. Okay, like a... A scientific anomaly where someone turns into a lizard. No, there's no evidence. He's gone. Okay. Like, it just would have been... It's not fulfilling at all. No, it's really not. So that's what... I mean, she's a god... G, she's a GD medical doctor. And now that Queequeg is gone, her personal yeah. life is really... Yeah. She's taking a turn. I, well, I miss Queequeg. <laughs> Me too. Remember that episode? I don't remember what it was, but... It was only the episode where Scully was only seen on the phone, and every time they cut to her, she was doing something different with Queequeg. Yeah, I like, like that. Washing her in the in the sink, and oh, that was very good. That was cute. I miss Queequeg. Me too. Goddamn alligators eating dogs. <laughs> okay, so Ed. Yeah, Ed's bad. We don't like him. He starts hearing voices, the voice of Jodie Foster, which, I mean, like, I would be okay with that. Oh, yeah, if I heard the voice of Jodie Foster. Now, if it was Jodie Foster like this, saying very misogynistic things, mm, no. How do you think she felt about, like... I don't know, I'm very curious about that, actually. Gosh, hopefully we could, maybe we could find an article or something? Yeah. I hope so. Well... Ed is at his stockbroker office. Yeah. And he's selling, like, placenta? No, he's selling, he's trying to get people to buy stocks. And so he's saying there's a stock that just came out from a company called Cryocore. They're researching stem cells. Ooh, stem cells. Yeah. We, we still, like, use stem cells and stuff. Right? Yeah, I think there are some restrictions on where you can use them and, and what you can use them for. Apparently, at our TNT, you know, um, they have a big face mask aisle mm-hmm. uh, that I love personally because I like the ones that make you into cartoon animals. <laughs> um, but they also have, like, placenta and stem cell ones. Oh, wow. That's not, like, that's not like human stem cells, is it? I don't know. I don't know what the laws are surrounding that. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Uh, it's probably like I don't know plants. Yeah, you can eat a placenta. You might as well put it on your face. What? 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 Do you not know that people eat placentas? Like that comes out of your hoo hoo? Yeah, it's like it's a birth practice for some people where they want to they want to eat the placenta, the thing that's attached to their baby, that fed the baby. Yeah, it comes out. You never heard of that? Okay, what is a placenta? Uh, it is um. 
from what I understand, and I could be wrong, and I apologize, Space Cadets, if I have no idea what I'm talking about. Because we've never had one. Nope. But well, I, we have from our mothers. Yes. No, I was born of Zeus's head. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was born of Zeus's dick. <laughs> uh, a placenta is um, kind of, I think it sits, like, on top of the womb or something, but it basically, like, all of the nutrients from your body uh, are filtered through the placenta. Uh, and then that's how they get to the oh, babe, yeah. the little babe. Because it's leaching. Off yeah, you. it's, it's like taking a, all your goods. Ooh. So if I eat a Snickers bar, it all goes to the placenta, and the baby's like, mmm, mmm, Yeah, you. exactly. And then it's it like, comes out, right? Yeah, it's like a blood supply and a food supply and an oxygen supply and That's stuff. what the umbilical cord attaches to. Yeah. And it comes out, and people, like, fry it with onions? Or? Uh, yeah, I don't know. They just eat, they eat, it, uh, eat it right up. They're like... Me and me and my partner, we just had this baby. We're going to now we're going to eat this placenta that came right out of me. Oh boy. Well, I guess like I mean, weirder shit has happened. Like hamsters eat the babies if it, they're stressed or they don't have enough nutrients. Mm-hmm. Snakes eat their eggs and babies. Can I tell I... you on Facebook like I this is like three or four years ago now, but yeah. someone that I knew from high school, like after they gave birth, like posted photos of their placenta onto Facebook, and I was what? like, you can't do that. That's not okay. What does it look like? Just like a big round piece of beef. Oh! Like just raw meat. Just a big piece of raw meat. Why? Was she proud of her placenta and also her baby? I guess. Was it like a world record placenta? I don't think so. No? No. Like look how big the Guinness Book of World Records came and this is the largest placenta. <laughs> now we're going to fry it with some onions. Do you think when you pass your placenta it just feels like the worst period ever? Oh god! <laughs> No, I guess that's the whole birthing process, right? Yeah. Like, your baby is the worst. Is your punishment for not having a period for nine months. <laughs> I'm sure people who have have kids, they're screaming at us. They're right like, now. you have no idea what you you're talking about. And you know what? We will continue never to have idea of what we're talking about because we are never going to have a placenta come out of hey, us. Hey, but if you want to let us know how much uh, having uh, going through childbirth is like an X-File. No, if you like ate your placenta, I want to know. Like, I don't think it's weird. I'm not shaming anyone. Yeah. But I just think it's super interesting. Is it because like... People are like, I went through a trauma and there's all this nutrients. I think, like, I've heard that it has something to do with the nutrients, but I don't really know. I mean, just grab a Gatorade, though. (laughs) Red Gatorade is the same thing, right? Yeah. I don't know. I think there's lots of different reasons. But, yeah, if anyone has any knowledge about that, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, please, please. I want to hear that voice from someone who has experience with this because we're just two dummos. Yeah. We don't know nothing. That was interesting. More interesting than this episode. This episode was bad, you guys. Uh, Ed is in his office. Yeah. And then he hears a voice calling him a loser because he is. Because he is a loser. And then he gets mad at his boss. Yeah. Who's a woman. Uh, And then the voice says, a wrecker office. And he, like, smashes some stuff to the ground. Now, we do want to point out that this is apparently, the big reveal is this is ergot poisoning. Yes. Which means he's hallucinating. He is having... No. Auditory, auditory hallucinations. hallucinations, which means that these feelings are have been inside of him. Yeah, which means he's probably a super shitty guy. He's yeah, he's projecting his own misogyny. Ugh. Yeah, it's not like it sucks. It suckos. Anyway, so we go to the. He is pissed off because he lost his job. Yeah, and rightfully so. So, and he's probably like, "Oh, that bitch. He she totally fired me and." But I'm a good guy, right? 
but you're not. No, he's very bad. We got down to his downstairs neighbor who has many birds. Uh huh. And is lining her bird cages in EW uh, magazines. Entertainment in a- Weekly. So, guess who did a real shitty uh, review of the X Files? <laughs> that was pretty funny. That was really good. So, he is banging on her ceiling on his floor because he thinks that Jodie Foster is her? Yeah, he thinks the voices are coming from downstairs. But it's not. The voices are coming from inside the man. Yeah. And so she. In a fit of rage, he decides to kill her. Yeah, and while he is doing that, like, he goes in, he assaults her, and then we pull away from the apartment while this, like, wacky music plays. Yeah. God. And just, like, the choices are just, I mean, I don't, I don't find that very appropriate. No, especially when you have this misogynistic language, like, featuring a goofy music of a woman being killed. Yeah, like, it really, I mean... What kind of, ma- hey... What kind of message is this X-Files supposed to show? Like, what am I supposed to learn from this? And, like, what? where did this come from? Did it come from a place of, like, oh, we're in the 90s and, you know, we, like, we acknowledge that sexism is a thing, but we can, like, make light of it? Like, I don't really understand. I don't, I don't understand what the message is supposed to be. Because I don't think it's, like satirizing misogyny. Oh, I don't think it's... No, it's not a... Or if it's an attempt at satire, it's not a successful one. No, it is not. No. Ugh. So I don't know. Anyway, I was really... This was really disappointing. Like, they not... No, I wasn't disappointed because I'm already disappointed at the X-Files, but this was just... It just made me feel gross. Yeah, like that scene specifically where he is assaulting this woman and then where the camera's pulling out and the goofy music is playing. That for me was the worst part of this whole episode because it just, it made me feel deeply, deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, and then we stopped and had pancakes. Like maybe someday someone will assault you while goofy music plays. Then we have pancakes. Yeah, we have pancakes and they were very good and my roommate is wonderful. And then it made us feel a little bit better. A little bit better. But then we turned on, back on the episode to see ed pushing a box across the floor yeah full of woman yep but i do have to say this did bring back childhood memories which is kind of a weird thing to say of me loving to push around boxes like that <laughs> just slide them across the floor and just go really fast and i re- i pretended because i watched cool runnings yeah so i pretended i was a bobsledder nice but i would never like hop in the box i would just always push it because it was the world's best pusher mm. um and so that made me feel good and then i realized there was a a, a woman's dead body in the box and it made me feel absolutely bad yes so he takes that box and he puts that body up into the incinerator and while Jodie Foster is egging him on. Yeah. Ugh, Jody. Jody. Jody, girl. Please. Please. Please, Jody. No. What happens next? I didn't take many notes. Scully, something happened with Scully? Well, now, yeah, so Scully is, uh, she decides to go to Philly. She's sitting in her car. She's tracking Podovkin, who's this Russian guy she's supposed to find. He's a fucking babe. Okay, we gotta point out two things. Number one, Scully is doing the thing that Mulder wants yeah. her to do. Yeah. And that's kind of shitty. Number two... This whole episode, the premise was talking about how Scully, like, kind of is interested in a handsome guy. Yeah. We thought it was going to be this Russian man. Because this Russian dude is, like, hot as hell. Oh, my God. Those eyes. That, ugh. He makes this other guy look like a piece of shit, which he is. I mean, he is. He is a piece of shit. He's a poor man's Chris Pine. Yes. A very, very very, poor man. Very, very poor man's Chris Pine. Who else did you say that guy Ed looked like? Uh, I thought he looked a little bit like Robert Sean Leonard. So if Robert Sean Leonard and Chris Pine had a very poverty-stricken baby. Yes. It would be Ed. 
what is this handsome Russian man up to? Pradovkin? Okay, so he goes into this convenience store. He goes into the back because it's all curtained off. He talks to some guy about something. Scully is like looking at the ice creams. Yeah, she's like, mm, what do I feel like today? I have a question for okay. you. Okay. It's summertime. Yes. You go into your local convenience store. Yeah. There is that the cooler, uh-huh. the, the low cooler of ice cream. Yeah. You have three bucks in your pocket. Mm-hmm. What is your ice cream? What is your... And it, it has everything, by the way. Okay. What is your ice cream of choice? Um, this actually happened to me recently, except oh. <laughs> I had enough to get two. Yeah. <laughs> You're living the good life. I know. I'm an adult now, and if I can't decide, I can get both. But now you only have $3. You yeah. You only get one thing. I think it's got to be, uh, lately, I'm super into those raspberry magnums. Excuse me? Those are the raspberry magnums. <laughs> That's not a thing. Yeah, magnum chocolate ice cream bars. Really? You've never heard of those? No, I'm I, I'm out of the world of ice cream. Well, they're very dude. fancy ice cream bars. They have a chocolate shell, and uh-huh. the raspberry ones have are full of raspberry ice cream. And then between the chocolate shell and the raspberry ice cream, there's a layer, like a thin layer of raspberry, like just goo. <laughs> you love your raspberry jam, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. And you get they like they come in like caramel and vanilla and chocolate. And I am out of the ice cream loop. And then also the other thing that I like is um, like a mint chocolate Klondike. Yeah, the sandwich. Yeah. The sandwiches are very good because I like licking around the sandwich. So what do you get? In my university days, I always used to get a drumstick. Those are good. Yeah. But I'm I'm really thinking about it. And if I had my lactase on me and it was really hot, I want that strawberry shortcake. I love that strawberry shortcake. What do they put on the outside of it? I don't know. I always used to get that from the ice cream truck as a kid. And then I'd be like, am I making a mistake? Like, I loved that. And then I loved, like, the, there's, like, a cherry cola Taz you could get. I don't know about that one. Yeah, it's like, it looks like. Oh, the, with the ice cream. With the gumball eyes. Yeah, the gumball eyes. Um, so the cherry cola Taz. And then just that strawberry shortcake is like, nope. So I was thinking about these strawberry shortcakes because uh, I recently came back from Vegas, which was fucking amazing. And we were going on the strip and it, guys, it was like 45 degrees out. (laughs) Like, how do people live there? I don't know. And it was hot and we were at the CVS getting like actual people food. Um, like salads and stuff, because Americans don't know about salads. Apparently not. And there were three women who were dressed in sun dresses, and they had been there. You can tell they've been there for a while. They were a little bit sunburnt, um, but they were like just ready to hunker down. It was ten o'clock in the morning. Each one of them walked out with a strawberry short- shortcake ice cream. Nice. And just were going to town. And I'm like, these women, I love them. I love them. They're my, like, oh. That's a fucking life. They were just, like, just going to town because they knew that is the best ice cream to yeah. enjoy. Oh, so good. Okay, we can talk about the X-Files. Right? Okay. Uh, Padovkin, yeah, he runs his tattoo shop, and as Scully looks across the street to where he's gone, she sees that he is in there and Ed is in there arguing with him. And Ed is saying that you need to cover up this tattoo, and the tattoo artist is like, hey, that's fresh. I can't. I can't do that. I can't do it. And then the tattoo artist is like, hey, you, female, don't you like this tattoo? And Scully's like, oh. And then the guy's like, no, I don't like it. And then the uh, Podovkin says, oh, everybody gets the tattoo that they deserve. What tattoo do you deserve, Allison? Oh, boy. <laughs> Just, like, 
like a just like a strawberry shortcake with a bite of yeah, it. Yeah, I think it would be very good. Just like, that's my jam. Let's get matching tattoos. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. No, you know what tattoo we deserve? What? Like just a UFO tattoo. Oh, no. <laughs> I would, uh, oh boy. I mean, we might as well. <laughs> yeah, this is going to take much of our lives. This is going to take at least five more years. <laughs> And we can do one tattoo, and for every season we do, we can just add another little alien. <laughs> Until it's a real crowd. Aliens, species. like, hanging out. Like, yeah? I'm going to do it. Let's okay. do it. Okay. Okay, let's do let's it. Let's do it. Hey, if you have a sweet UFO tattoo, can you send it to us? Uh, double X Files podcast at gmail.com. I want to feature your sweet ass alien tattoos. Yeah, please. Please. Yeah, so uh, Scully asks, like, well, he says, what do you think of this tattoo? And Scully says, like, the red lips are amazing. They're not. They're not. They're very bad, actually. Hey, the line work, not great. Not good. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I would say it is a bad tattoo. No offense to Potomkin, who's very hot. Um, so he has that Well, Potomkin didn't do the tattoo. Yeah, he did. No, it was the other guy who did the no, tattoo. No, Potomkin does the tattoo. Who's the hot guy? Podovkin. No. Doesn't he? No. He doesn't do the tattoo. It was the jail guy who did the tattoo. Well, I thought they were the same person. No, Podonkin. No. Okay, I do know all white men look like. Yes. Podonkin's in the back. Yeah, he was in the back of the grocery store, and then he goes forward, and he no. goes across the street. And then he goes across the street, and he's in the back of the tattoo shop, and he calls the tattoo artist over. They're uh, two different people. Okay. No. Whoops. No. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, who cares? <laughs> who gives hey. a single shit? Does it matter? No. No. We don't give a shit. Okay, so he, yeah, uh, she asked what he made the tattoo with, and he says, oh, you know, I, like, got colors from nature and stuff, and I've been using this rye grass from the prison yard where I was in prison. And she's like, oh, interesting. And he's like, yeah, the first time I ever used it was on this tattoo. And it's like, okay, that's a weird coincidence, but fine. Um, so he, like, it's kind of like you, you know how you do, like, natural dyes? Yeah. And he mentioned, like, urine and stuff? Oh, yeah. Like, yellow? I don't know. You you don't use urine. Well, you... Mm. Wait, you, you've... You're talking like, oh, yeah, you use urine all the time. Well, you don't... I don't know if anyone uses urine to dye things, but you definitely use it, use it as a color agent to help bring color out. Really? Yeah. Did you pee on your yard? No, you can buy it bottled. What? Yeah. From whom? <laughs> well, in Vancouver, you can buy it from Myra Hamfrance on uh, Vancou- on Granville Island. Where? Where does the pee come from? Well, I don't know. You don't know your supplier? Maybe they just make it in the back room. Are they selling it for like 20 bucks a bottle? Probably. Oh my gosh. That's insane. I love it, though. They might. I think they market it as like uric acid. Oh, but we know it's pee, though. Oh, it's pee-pee. <laughs> Yo, yo, we know it's pee, though. It's, <laughs> straight up piss. <laughs> I want to sell my urine. Okay. What, and then I'll eat a lot of beets, so it's a little pinky. Yeah, then you can die with it. Yeah. But you might as well just die with the beets. Oh. So you're going to get a better color that way. <laughs> you know you can die with black beans and you get a blue color out of it? Black beans have blue? Yeah. Oh. It's like how blueberries are really purple and green? Yeah, it's like that. Kind of? What other kind of weird things can you die with? Uh, onion skins. They go, like, red? Yeah. Mmm. Um, you can die with... With pee. Yep, with... Well, no, I mean, again, it's more an agent than an actual dye. Um... This is so disturbing. I don't want any (laughs) knit things near my body anymore. (laughs) Because they're all full of pee. Grandma's sending me pee sweaters. What's What's it set? You wash it out, though. It does? Yeah. But it's, it's just the spirit of the urine is inside of it. 
It just disturbs I'm gonna me. make you a sweater. I'm not gonna tell you it's full of pee. Only, okay, if you make me a sweater, I will pee. I will provide you the uric acid. And I will be eating beets. So you want a slightly pink sweater? Yes. Okay. <laughs> You're gonna have to produce a lot of urine, I think. I, hey, I do. You know me. Maybe just a pair of gloves. I produce a lot of pee. Yeah, that's true. So do I. Like, a lot. Okay. Sometimes I worry about how much pee I produce. Okay, cool. Hey, are there any doctors out there? <laughs> Sydney, are you listening? How much, how much pee, how much pee is okay? (laughs) How much pee is too much pee? (laughs) Because I have a lot of pee. I do have, I do have my water bottle obsessively. Yeah. So I do drink a lot of water. But that means you're going to have really nice, like, clean urine. Yeah, but I also take iron and vitamin C, so my pee is, like, neon. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I can... Hey, you could do some... Day glow? Do some cool dye with that. Huh? Yeah. Day glow? Under the black lights, I'm at the bar, I'm at the club, like, just real romping it up. I'm like, I like your knit crop top. And I'm like, yeah, it's made out of pee. <laughs> and then I get all the ladies. <laughs> and then I go home by myself. Oh, I really got away from us there, huh? Hey, the X-Files. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he says everybody gets the tattoo that they deserve. Which we would be just strawberry shortcake. Yeah. Okay, good. And uh, he talks about the prison grass and... Hey. Nice. Nice. (laughs) That one almost got away from us. (laughs) (laughs) Then a bad thing happens, which is that Ed uh, starts flirting with Dana Scully. Yes. And you called him the man with the misogynistic tattoo. I did. Which I really enjoyed. That was my good joke. That That was a very, very good joke. And she's like intrigued even though he's showing some, he's showing that he's made some bad choices. Yeah. Especially his attitude towards women. Not very good. So he's saying like, oh yeah, we could go get a, and his tattoo's like, don't talk to her, Ed. And he's like, oh, well maybe we could go get dinner if you're not, because she doesn't say she's in town for an investigation. She just says that she's in town for her aunt. Her aunt. And um, he's like, oh, well, there's a couple of restaurants around we could go get a and then maybe I'll try to kill you. <laughs> some cheesesteaks and murder. It's all good. My two favorite things. Uh, so she says, uh, maybe, and then leaves, and then later she talks to Mulder, and Mulder's a real ding-dong. Yeah, he's like, why aren't you doing the job that I told you to do? And and she, is this where we find out where he went on his pilgrimage? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you went to Graceland, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he just, uh, he loves that Paul Simon song as much as I do. Graceland? Yeah. You mean, okay. Graceland is a song that Paul Simon um, actually wrote about his breakup with Carrie Fisher. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I also like that you think that <laughs> that Mulder is going, not because he likes Elvis, but he likes that one Paul Simon song. the only song. reason I would go. <laughs> now, Mulder is going to Graceland. Maybe, do you think Mulder thinks Elvis is still alive? Oh, absolutely. Okay, good, good. He's got cool glasses, cool shades. Also, my background boy mm-hmm. is a stone gorilla, baby gorilla that sits on Elvis's uh, boudoir. Yeah. It's very you good. I liked that a lot. It's very sassy. I liked it. But he's giving her heck because she's like, there's nothing. Yeah, these Russian guys, is, there's no ties to anything you were talking about. There's nothing there. And she's, he, and Walter's like, just wait till I get back and I'll just do it. I'm like, oh God. And I don't like how this spurs on Scully's need to go on a date. Yeah, well, because Mulder's like, Oh, what, do you have a date? And she, like, has this expression, like, well, maybe I do. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's not, I don't, ugh, ugh. It's almost like revenge. 
revenge day. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it maybe wasn't... I, I think that would have... I don't know. I just don't like Scully making life choices based on how men treat her. No, I agree. It's gross. Yeah. So she calls up Ed and she's like, hey, do you want to go get some food? And he's like, yeah, you got to come pick me up because my car's broke down. Hey, Scully, maybe you should take a note from TLC. Because <laughs> they don't want no scrubs and neither should you. Also, meet at the place. Yeah, definitely don't, meet it. Don't go pick him up. Don't go I know pick it's the up. 90s, but just don't do it. Don't. Rule number one for all y'all doing the tim- Tinder and grindering and the... The dating online. Don't. Just meet there. Yeah, meet at the bar. And also have an out plan. Even if you go back to someone's place later, like, don't meet at their place because you never know what you're going to get into. And you drive your own car. Yes. Yes. Always drive. Don't rely on the other person. Don't, especially if you are dating someone who is male, don't rely on the other person. (laughs) People are going to murder you. Everyone. Okay. Whoa. Is going to murder you. Okay, step back. Just be careful. Maybe just take a step back there. I care about you listeners. Okay. So Scully goes to his apartment to pick him up. And he is getting dressed. Oh, boy. And he has bled through his shirt, so he has to go change his shirt because uh-huh. his tattoo is bleeding because he tried, he burned it with a cigarette. Yep. Which is real bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, there's lots of restaurants where you go to. And then Scully's like, No. Take me to that one shitty bar. No, you forgot the red flag. Oh, yeah. She finds a photo of him on his desk where it's him and his two kids and he's burned his own face out with a cigarette. Like, that would be... Come on. Yeah, yikes. Scully, you handle murders all, murderers all the time. You know, like, this, maybe something... Maybe this man needs help. Yeah. And you're not the one to give the emotional labor. And maybe he needs a lot of help and you shouldn't get murdered. Right? Yeah. If I was, like, going on a date with someone I found that at their place, I'd be like, hey, you gonna murder me? <laughs> hey, I got, I got a lot of diarrhea that's going on. I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it is coming out of me something fierce. Bye. Just, oh. But she's, like, intrigued with it. And throughout this date, you asked me, is this something Scully would do? Yeah. That was a conversation we had. And I said, well, I don't know Scully well enough to judge. Like, I don't, I don't know. That's the thing. We don't actually know enough about Scully herself to know whether this is something she would do or not. And I, I, you know, I think Jillian Anderson had said that she liked exploring the dark side of Scully in this episode. And people had said, you know, this, this is out of character for Scully. And she had said, well, you don't know that. And I, I agree with that. I agree. We can't judge Scully based on, I mean, maybe she's very bad with decisions and also choosing a partner. Yeah. Maybe she has a history of that, but. Well, I mean, she. She even talks about it in the episode. Yeah, and she enjoys pain. Apparently. So they go to the bar, and they're having their drinks, and she's talking about how she has some major daddy issues. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. She talks about her dead daddy, her biological daddy, and then all the other daddies in her life. She actually says all of her other daddies. Yeah. She has many. Um, And then they, she decides... She's had two drinks, and they're going to go get another fucking tattoo. So you leave the bar, and then you see my background boy, which is just a little man on a poster outside the bar. Oh, he's very well, cute. I liked very much. Uh, and they go, yeah, to the tattoo parlor, and she decides she's going to get this Ouroboros. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Snake that is eating its butt. Yeah. You know that happens. Really? Snakes sometimes self-cannibalize. They just eat their own butt? They're just stressed. Well, I guess that's where the Ouroboros comes from, huh? Maybe. They're just, when they get stressed out and they just, like... They're like, oh, gotta mush some butt. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna make myself disappear. Watch. Wee. I get that feeling. I'm gone. 
fun. <laughs> of course, Nick is. Yeah, she gets, so she's getting this tattoo, and this is a, another really uncomfortable moment. Oh, God, it was the the male gaze. Yeah. Was real hot, like, not hot as in, like, hot. It was, like, just real, ugh. Ooh. Yeah, he's looking at her, she's looking at him, she's getting this tattoo, she's got this expression on her face that's, like, pain and rapture at the same time. And making noises. I mean, oh, I mean, sure, Scully, do it. Like, if that's what you're into, cool, cool, cool. But the way that they made it, like, a weird, erotic thing between her and Ed made me, like, yes. feel real not It great. wasn't for her, it was for him. Yeah, exactly. Like, we were experiencing his male gaze. Yes. Which was just, like, ugh. Sucked, it was gross. And then they fucked yeah they go back to his place oh in a real weird way too oh yeah uh she he's bleeding again yeah and she's like let me fix that i'm a doctor and she goes to like touch his arm and he you know the tattoo's like no you can't let her and so he grabs her hand like really violently really aggressively yeah and then they're just standing there and then the tattoo says if you kiss her i swear to god she's dead and then we don't actually see them kiss but the camera rotates and backs out the door and then the door closes so we know they fucked we know they fucked Okay, if Scully's making these decisions, that's fine. Yeah. But for me, as someone who is female and has dated men, and all these red flags come out, especially, like, him being physically abusive towards her, like, that is, ooh. Well, I think here's the thing, right? Here's where we have to pull out again, like, and, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and be like, okay, well, would is Scully making these choices? And then, you know, we have to pull out of that even further and say, well, no, because this episode is being written by men. Yeah. 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 Okay. That makes me feel better. So all of the choices that Skelly is making are still never being made from a female perspective. No. It's it's someone, it's male, it's a male voice telling her how to act. And the fact that this male voice is glorifying, like, violence towards women is not good. Yeah. It's, and that's, like, it's real sketchy. Like, yeah, go ahead. Like we've talked about, you know, it... Uh, the tattoo, the voice of the tattoo is as a result of the ergot poisoning from the ryegrass. So all of the, you know, auditory hallucinations that he's having come do come from his own subconscious. But, you know, all of the misogyny that's in this episode also comes from the writers. Yep. Yeah, and I, I don't, it's not even tongue-in-cheek, like it didn't that's play the thing, off is it's not, like we said, if it's a satire, it's a bad satire. And it's not successful. And they're almost glorifying this abusive relationship. Well, especially that one moment where he grabs her hand and oh, then we God. pull away like, ooh, this is a sexy moment. And it, it really parallels with the moment where we pull away from him murdering a woman. Yeah, with the goofy music. And, like, you know, I think we've seen relationships in modern TV shows where maybe there's a questionable elements of, of physical abuse or, like, stuff where at least it doesn't feel so one-sided or you feel a little more invested in the character like you understand the, the decisions they're making and yeah. why. I don't understand Dana's... I don't understand her choices. I can't think of a good example at this point from a recent TV show, but, you know, I think definitely on on um, things like, like True Blood and iZombie, like, you see... Because these, these shows have, like, quote-unquote monstrous characters, mm -hmm. you know, you can get away with that a little bit more, but... He just bummed me out. Sorry. Uh, no, it's good. <laughs> so, she spends the night, and he runs out to get coffee and D-nuts, and then the police come and knock him. Yeah. And this is actually the thing that made me draw back almost the most, is the luck that these two police give her. Yeah. Oh, God. This, like, the again, we talk about the male gaze. This male gaze. Oh, God. 
And she picks it up like, oh, they're just going to see me as a hussy. Yeah. Which is also internal, like, internalized, internalized misogyny, misogyny yeah. which is super duper gross, where she's trying to, like, prove herself, oh, no, 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 I'm not like those other well, sluts. And then it, like, has this even extra level of weirdness, like, how can a female character written by men have internalized misogyny? It wouldn't be. It would be outwardly. It would just be misogyny. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she's like, no, 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 I'm a FBI agent. And so then they kind of believe her, but kind of don't. Well, she asked, they don't believe her until she grabs her badge. Yeah. And then they tell, and then they actually start telling her about the case, which I found weird because they, at this point, you know, Edward has to be a suspect and they've just found her, you know, in his apartment. Cahootsing. Cahootsing. And even whether, regardless of whether she's an FBI agent, if he's, if he's a suspect and she's associated with him in any way, they would not share that information. So that part just didn't make sense to me. No. And then, yeah, so they give her the information about the blood typing, and she looks it up on the uh, forensic database, which, like, I feel like you shouldn't be able to access from an unsecured modem. Uh, especially on dial-up. Yeah. That um, seems weird to me. Yeah. And then it was ergot. Ergot Yeah, so she finds out that it, there's ergot poisoning in the blood. Ergot is a... A, a, a rye fungus. Yeah, it's a fungus um, that grows in rye grass, and it can affect you in a number of ways, including diarrhea. <laughs> As everything can. Yep. Um, and ergot poisoning is one of the things they thought the Salem witch trial ladies had. Uh, and that's why they were hallucinogening at least Elizabeth uh, Paris and Abigail Williams. Mm-hmm. Super, super interesting. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, so she, when Ever gets back, she has like a talk with him and she's like, you know, you're sick and I'm sick and we need to go to the doctor. And he's like, no, we're not going to do that. And then he assaults her. Yep. And just real graphic. Real graphic assault. Real scary. And I just... <sighs> again, this is what we have said time and again we are so tired of. Tired of of Scully just being... Tired of seeing Scully fight for her life. And being thrown around. the hands of various men. The the shot of her coming out of the bathroom and just whacking her head. Yeah. Being thrown and whack- oh, that was really, like, visceral. It was hard to watch. It was really hard to watch. So they he takes her to the fu- furnace and Jodie Foster is saying, burn her, burn mm-hmm. her. And um, Scully eventually, like kind of wakes up and she's like no take control take control you could do this yeah and um he sticks his arm into the furnace and burns off the tattoo which uh again like the ergot poisoning would already be in his blood yeah so that wouldn't really do anything but then later han Mulder like says well it was ergot but it wasn't enough to create hallucinations yeah just kind of just i don't know well i think that was i think that wasn't a dismissal as much as their attempt to turn it back into an x-file it's spooky you guys right yeah and then Mulder's so shitty yeah so she says like or she's like clearly traumatized yeah and yeah yeah and he's being super shitty to her yeah if you defend Mulder I will fight you yeah we'll both we'll both come for you hard we will come for you hard oh my god because she's clearly like not not responsive and not dealing well with what's happened to her and he is trying to trying to make it all about him and she just says at the end like you know Mulder sometimes it's not about you because he says oh all this was over a desk yeah oh god I just oh want to and it's like hey literally go fuck yourself just go <sighs> choke but on here's your the, own dick but here's the thing Scully is saying Scully saying it's not about you is written by men so it's just not yeah so it has I, no meaning behind even at it. the end it doesn't have any weight because it's still coming from a male perspective 
We're not, yeah, I mean. I just got spicy again. We're, we're not the, the she-woman man-haters club or anything. I mean, I am. Yeah, we are. Um, <laughs> I'm not apologizing. No. I'm not apologizing at all. This is a bad episode, and it was written, it was trying to make this weird commentary about misogyny, but it's written by dudes. It just failed hard. It just failed. It, it was just burned. awful. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. I hate dudes. Yeah, dudes are pretty bad, actually. They murder us. They murder us a lot. They murder us a lot. Stop. Hey. Hey. Stop murdering us. Please stop. Please. Though, we just want to live. Please. Anyway. Also, Uh. we'd like like to be paid the same amount as you. That would be also nice. (laughs) That would be also very nice. And we would like to be, stop, like, like, having things explained to us. Yeah. As if we are children. Yep. That, yep. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, hey, if you are a dude out there who is, like, getting upset about what we're saying, you need to stop. If you want to be a good feminist ally, you need to stop feeling so bad for yourself and saying, oh, yeah, this is correct. What can I do to fix it? Mm-hmm. That is the best thing you can do. I've had, I've had to do a lot of emotional labor for men in my life about, like, how do I become a good feminist? And at the same time, they get angry when I call men out on their shit. Yeah. And then I have to say, stop. If I say you're mansplaining or if I'm saying you're you're being a horrible, like, male ally, you need to not be angry. You need to stop and listen. Yeah. And, and find a way to correct it. Um, and that's, that goes with white people. Exactly. And- I was going to say, like, there, there are a lot of places in which we need to do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, we're not. I mean, we're just two white girls. Yeah. So, so- and white feminism is the bane of my existence. Oh, absolutely. So we have to listen to intersectional people of color and we need to listen to them. And if they call us racist, we have to say, hey, yeah, yes. Yes. Uh-huh. A hundred percent. How do we make this better? And if the people of color are are okay with doing that emotional labor, that's one thing. But it is, it is also up to us to go figure that out ourselves. Absolutely. Hey, we turn this around. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm pumped now. Oh, good. I'm super pumped now. Well, you want to talk about a bit of goofy shit? Yeah. Okay. Oh, we got a raid at first, Courtney. Oh. Okay. I was being so, I was feeling so good. I know, I know. Give it a rating, huh? Okay, I rate on a spooky scale. Five is I will never sleep. One is I want to take a nap. I rate this a point three five. Okay. I slept. You slept. You slept on it. (laughs) Uh, I rate on a rage scale. It goes from one, which means a great, wonderful, perfect episode. Haven't seen one of those yet. It goes to Excelsis Day, which is the worst episode ever. This is a ten. Wow. Just below Excelsius Just Day. Just below Excelsius Day. Yeah. Oh. Ooh, I get all spicy just thinking about it. <laughs> I want some ice cream, Allison. Okay. I'll get you a strawberry shortcake. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about tattoos and ghosts and haunt and haunted things. Is this a personal X-File? It is. Yay. A personal X-File. Come and tell us, dude, about the spooky thing that happened to you. Cause we'll never tell you that we don't believe you. Unless we get abducted, we will never leave you. We want to hear about your personal X-File. Um, this is from Lake County Journal. In what city? I don't know. Probably in the United States of America. Somewhere with a lake. <laughs> no, it's actually an ironic oh, title. Okay. Uh, Haunted Lake Country. Tattoo shop owners say ghost of little girl and man haunt here. <laughs> um, oh, Antioch. Yeah, where's Antioch? 
Uh, there's an Antioch in California. I don't know if that's the one they're talking okay, about. Okay, let's say. But say Antioch in California is uh, very haunted and also has a place called the Gates of Hell. What? Yeah. It's like an old mine. Holy shit. Well, I'll post an article about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this just got spicier. I like it. Uh, images of skulls dripping blood with parts of flesh still on them line the racks of Liberty Tattoo Shop in downtown. What's that say? Antioch. Antioch. Clients flipping through them use the thousands of drawings to choose a sketch for their tattoo. But those aren't the scariest images mm-hmm. at the shop, says owner Mandy and Eric Lynn. Two ghosts, one good and one evil, haunt the place. Oh, man. At least you have the balance. Oh, yeah. You gotta <laughs> keep it balanced. Uh, do, you think, do you think the good and the evil ghosts, like... Like, attune their calendars, too? Well, I think it's like like an angel devil on your shoulder situation. Oh, so they're there at the same time. Yeah. Like, hey, you want to eat that big cheeseburger, don't you? And the angel's like, and the good ghost is like, no, think of the cholesterol. And the and the bad ghost is like, cholesterol is just a figment of your imagination. Oh, for me, the little the little bad one on my one shoulder says, eat the cheeseburger. And then the, the good one on my other shoulder is like, yeah, do it. It sounds dope. <laughs> you got two good ghosts in your house. <laughs> yeah. Two ghosts, one good, one evil, haunt the place, and it started when they bought the building and began remodeling of the shop in 2007, they said. Beyond the counter, there were pictures of frames they said were secured to the wall with wire and screws so they wouldn't be able to move. I don't I don't know how well they secured it. Did they, like, wrap it in wire? I don't know. I don't know about your pictures, but my pictures with wires and screws are not secure. Mandy Lynn said two days in a row when they opened the shop in the morning, they were met with shattered glass from the frames hitting the floor. The wires had screws. The wires and screws were still on the wall. Interesting. Hmm. Maybe the ghosts went to Ikea and they're Mm. like, this is not how you officially put up a frame. Yeah, redo it. It wasn't a good start to your day, Mandy said. I didn't, I think he didn't like being disturbed. That he is a ghost the owners call Lloyd. Hmm. Good name for a ghost. Yeah. A plus. The Lynn's say they they aren't the only ones who've seen him walk out of a door by the shop's entrance and make his way to the basement of the shop and into the back of the shop into the basement. Clients, they say, will sometimes comment that a man just walked into their back room. When they check, there's nobody there. Mandy describes Lloyd as a lanky man about six foot four with dirty blonde hair that makes him seem unclean and straggly. So, like... Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Oh, yeah, totally. He's having a real bad time. He wears a brownish three-quarters length coat and always walks straight into the basement. I've never seen his face. Ooh. Ooh. The couple has heard stories here and there about basement of the shop being the scene of gruesome crimes when it was a stable and the and a man supposedly lured women down there to assault and murder hey, them. Hey, guess what? Stop it. Hey, stop killing us. On a recent Halloween night, the couple owes the Ghostland Society to perform tests to see what they could find. Eric said, since then, going to the basement at night is creepy. Ooh, Manny thinks the ghost is drawn to women because from across the room in the shop, she sees female clients turn around quickly or jerk their bodies to look behind them. Ugh. I ask them if they're okay, and they say they feel something uh, standing right behind them. Oh my Y'all god. Y'all got a ghost creeper. Well, the other one is a little girl about six years old with strawberry red hair and an old-fashioned nightgown. Upstairs in the shop, both Mandy and Eric say they've seen flash racks move on their own and always stop on the one with a variety of angels. Aww. So you got a little girl and then you got a little shitty... Shitty dude. Shitty dude. Interesting. And the article goes on and they talk about uh, Ouija boards that talk about <laughs> how there is a square of concrete poured by John Wayne Gacy. What? Like, it's just... This article is wet and wild. So I'm going to post that on our Facebook page, Double X Files. You can check it out, double spelt out. Cool. Should we do predictions? Oh, I want to so badly. Okay, it's your turn. Anything could happen. 
based on a name. Anything could happen when you're playing the prediction game. Tell me, Courtney, what's it gonna be? A way to dredge up all of your childhood anxiety. Are you ready to produce? Oh, we stopped. Yeah. Season four, episode fourteen. The title: Memento Mori. Okay, I think I know about this episode. Oh yeah, because I was looking at a list the other night of episodes that X Files episodes that won. Uh, Emmys. Oh, okay. And this is one of them. Oh, cool. Gillian Anderson won an Emmy for this. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's exciting. So that's how I know. So I'm going to say it's a Scully episode uh-huh. again. I'm going to say this is a cancer episode. Okay. Because you think, you said that these two they were, were switched. Swapped. Yeah. So I'm going to say this is Scully dealing with her cancer. Okay. But Mulder is going to try to convince her that it is aliens. Because he's a shit wad. Okay. Um, so half point for Scully, Scully cancer and half point for Mulder aliens. Actually aliens. Actual aliens. <laughs> Sounds good. Easy peasy. Yeah. Lemon squeezy. Hey, you might get points for that. I hope so. Mm. No, I don't. I don't want to see this episode. But you do want treats. I do want sweet treats. Okay, what do we want to tell our space cadets? If you like us, eh? Eh? And you don't want to murder us. Eh? I, <laughs> I want you to... Email us at doublexfilespodcast at gmail.com, double spelled out. Give us your hometown um, X-File, and we'd love to read them on the air. You can also connect to us on our Facebook page and our Twitter page, yeah. which is Double X-Files. And our Instagram, which is also oh, Double X-Files. Oh, shit. You can see our sweet pancake pics. We'll also, you'll probably see, we're recording this early, but you'll probably see your pictures from Japan. Yeah, so we are, we're stockpiling episodes a little bit, because I'm leaving in two days for Japan, and then this episode will air the day after I get back. Aww, you'll be all tie time. Yeah, so you'll have been seeing lots of cool pics on my feed. Yeah, yeah, so check that out. Also, our Tumblr with sweet, dank memes. Fuck yeah, Double Hell X Files. Hell yeah. What else? Hey, if you guys are really enjoying what we have to say and you kind of like our whole steez, uh, we'd really appreciate it if you'd uh, subscribe, if you'd maybe write us a nice review, rate us. Just let us know that you're digging it, because that actually helps us out a lot on getting the word out to other fans. You know what um, else would help us? What? Telling a friend. Oh, yeah. If you could just tell a friend. Yeah. Or uh-huh. you could go to your local Starbucks. Okay. And get a giant frappuccino. Okay. With lots and lots of whipped cream. Uh-huh. And then this barista asks you your name, uh-huh. and you say doublexfiles.com. <laughs> and she says, can you spell it out for me? And you spell it out for her, and then you receive your, uh, then you receive your frappuccino and just says Sherry on it. <laughs> but then she knows. But she'll listen. She'll know. She'll get into it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Good. Do that. Hey, guys, if you actually do that, can you send us a hot pic? Please. I love it. Uh, anything else? No, I think that's everything. Good. Hey, Allison, welcome back from Japan. Oh, thank you, Courtney. I hope you, like... Didn't get food poisoning or whatever. No, no, no. I'm sure I had a great time. Because it's a long flight back. Yep. <laughs> Did you bring me anything? Yes. A big stuff? All the things you asked for. Oh. Can I name all the things I've asked for? Yes. A giant life-size sh- uh, whale shark. Uh-huh. Which I want you to wear on the plane. Stuffed animal, not a stuffed real animal. one. No, not a real one. A giant salamander stuffed animal. 
many treats, and also lazy egg. Yes, lazy egg. Just lazy egg. Or Gudetama. Gudetama. I love him. (laughs) Okay, that's it. Okay, guys, catch you next time. On the flip side, until next time, the The truth truth is out out there. there.